five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Mark. If you you say to yourself, this is never 10 minutes. He never finishes in 10 minutes. You know, I gave up trying. I don't really. <laughs> but you can do what my daughter told me. And she goes on YouTube and she plays it at, two, at double speed. And I think even at LinkedIn, if you view it again, I think you can go at double speed. I know I tend to talk a little fast some days, but most days I got a lot of uh, 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 uh in there. And so, you know, you can pick up what I'm, I'm saying. And my audio, everybody says my audio is great. So it should work at double speed and then it only takes you 10 minutes, even if it takes me 20 minutes to build it. So there you go. 200% value added. So it's still 10 minutes. Just do it right. Uh, and if you're out there, say hello. Okay, so let's get over to the news here we go with the news. Okay, we're going to have Amazon and Apple are urging a federal judge to dismiss charges that it dupes cust that they dupe customers claiming they sell streaming videos by retaining the rights to revoke purchasers access to the material. It's like imagine you buy a car, right? And then, you know, a year goes by and it's running good and you think it's a really good car. And you and all of a sudden a tow truck pulls it away and and they tell you well you didn't do the software update uh, that cost you ten thousand dollars because you really didn't buy a car you bought a computer licensing agreement that you're allowed to use this car as long as you keep paying us for the software that's embedded in it and there's some there's actually some court cases about whether a car company is a now a software company and if it is that they can license you the use of it. Uh, even though you think you're buying it. What a world we live in. No one will own anything, and everyone will be happy. Anyway, I don't know where that case is going to go, but I thought it was funny. They are duping you. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> They're exactly duping you, and I'm here to help. Uh, turbulent paper market. Amid the turbulent paper market, LSC, biggest one of the biggest printers, is buying... One of the big paper companies. And, uh, you know, we pitch mail every day, but not everybody knows that if you decide to do mail and you decide to do it in a fairly big way, you may be on the hook to find the paper. <laughs> it's like, I'm a printer, but I'm not a paper maker, and there's this paper shortage. And that's what happens when the economy heats up. It's a good test of the strength of the economy is whether or not you can find paper and how easy it is. And so in spite of everything that everybody thinks about, you know, mail being dead and printing being dead, we can't find enough paper. So it was funny because I heard Wayfarer when they talked about getting into a catalog uh, at Nordstrom or at uh, Namoa, they were t talking about how hard it was and how they had to lay everything out ahead of time and plan everything. And they had to plan six months out in advance and they weren't used to doing that. They were used to throwing a product up there and hoping, you know, in a couple hours to see what happens. Uh, and especially they said we didn't know we had to buy the paper. Well, yeah, you might have to. It depends on how much you want, you know. If you just want to go to your Insti printer, they have paper on hand for that. But if you want to print, you know, like 3 million books or something, that's a lot of paper. And uh, you, you save money if you buy it ahead. So, you know, I remember when they were presenting and they were talking about all the hurdles they had. And I looked around at the table I was sitting at and I said, you know, they could have called any one of us at this table and we would have solved most of their problems for them. At least telling them what they were up against. Um, but anyway, that's the way it is with young kids. <clears throat> so Facebook asked the FTC to remove 
uh, chairman, chairwoman, con from the antitrust case, and there's no penalty for filing this, so they just did it, and probably it won't help, probably won't happen, but, you know, clear that all these, all the posturing is merely opening gamuts in a long, long game. Okay. My wife does posting on Facebook. She has, uh, I don't know, a couple dozen accounts on Facebook pages that she updates every week with, with, you know, common sense kind of health information, what to do for poison ivy, what to do for sunburn, that kind of stuff. And routinely, Facebook blocks it because it says that she's dispensing health information. Now, hers is all uh, footnoted from Mayo Clinic and Berkeley Wellness Letter and all that. And she said to me today, how can they do that? How can they just block it? block things that are medical just because and you know just because they they want don't want anybody to question any of the medical uh dictates that are coming out i said you got me that's what they do so i hope facebook gets knocked down a couple pegs but i doubt it it's easier to buy a politician than it is to buy a website or a a massive billion member social media platform and that may not be happening I don't know. I don't have an opinion on it. I just happen to watch what happens. Okay, here's an excellent, super excellent article by Tanya Powers, Director of Marketing Production, Print Solutions. I don't know what that means. Could be Director of Marketing, comma, Print Production, Production Print Solutions. Maybe she prints stuff, but maybe she just helps people who do print. Maybe she just markets to people who produce print. No idea. Anyway, Canon Solutions America. So I'm guessing that's like a digital printing machine. And she says, the noise on digital channels is overwhelming. Yep. I tell people, you probably can't remember. You probably can't remember one digital ad you saw this morning so far. And you've probably already seen 100. There's three right there. Not counting the spinning world. That's ISSM, WDMA, and 10 at 10. That's my logo for the show. Okay, now you remember three, not because you would have cared or remembered, but now you remember because you and I interacted and we had engagement. See, I'm an influencer. Anyway, uh, we're programming you. Uh, <laughs> the truth is, <clears throat> as advertisers have shifted their dollars into the digital world, print has gotten less and less attention. It didn't get that much attention in the first place. You know, I remember seeing all kinds of media studies and they wouldn't even mention direct mail, even in the booming times of the 80s. No, because they don't like print. It's complicated. It's complicated. You might have to buy your own paper. You might have to deal with postal regulations. You know, I once printed a half a million catalogs and we were just over the the maximum for the standard rate. Oh, I got in trouble for that. They said they never mocked it up. They never mocked it up. They're supposed to, the printer's supposed to do that. And that was LLC's precursor, R.R. Donnelly Printing. <laughs> I was too little a project for them at the time with half a million catalogs. They were big. They were into big st- stuff. And later I printed six million with them and they gave me some great terms and stuff. So I've always liked Donnelly. It's not that I don't like them, but we should have mocked that up. So there's some details that you might want to take it. Keep in mind, unless you don't want to, unless you all of a sudden want to get an extra bill for a couple of thousand dollars. But the print can play a strong role in any sort of multi-channel campaign. Now, if you've heard me ever on this show, you'll hear me say it should be the foundation of the multi-channel. Media, mass media is not good at tracking, not good at attribution. 
Social media is a little better, almost worse because there's more channels. And so if you want to know what's going on, you need to establish an, an intellectual foundation in print and then pour gas on it with mass media. And as I said yesterday on the show and, that, and, and was quoted on Twitter, and that was kind of fun, uh, and Ruth Stevens uh, called it out, I said, the thing about mail is it doesn't throw itself away. All digital advertising vanishes. As soon as you ignore it, it's gone. Right? It may come back again. They're always coming back at you. But it's gone if you ignore it. And so we learned that ignoring it has a very high value. Whereas mail, on the other hand, you know, one of my children got a speeding ticket. No, got a parking ticket and ignored it. It came in the mail. He doesn't read his mail. <laughs> came in the mail, ignored it. Came in the mail, another one, ignored it. He kept ignoring it. You know, eventually they suspended his license. Then he got pulled over and got a ticket for driving with a suspended license for a $20 ticket. Eventually it cost him a couple of thousand dollars in legal fees trying to keep his license. All from a $20 parking ticket mailing. You have to read your mail. Should. It's a good idea. Anyway, print has staying power. <laughs> Just That's a good story for you. For an ad to work, it needs to be memorable. Okay, print ads in direct mail have a lifespan of 17 days. And if around here, they have, you know, I keep them around forever, right? <clears throat> I found that Uline catalogs, the Uline guy's coming this morning to talk to me about a product. But anyway, the Uline catalogs make excellent cutting boards. You can cut on them and cut on them and cut on them and never damage your countertop. And after it gets a little bit cut up, you get another one free in the mail. Anyway. Probably hadn't thought about that either. <clears throat> you don't have to throw them away right away. You can utilize them. Second use. Direct mail is 100% recyclable if you know how to do it. Okay, email has a lifespan of 1.5 hours. Maybe if you don't completely ignore it. I, I like the read all, mark all red button. I don't know if that counts as an open because I am marking them red. I'm not just letting them pile up. Social media mini, mere minutes. <clears throat> the Go Inspire group did... Uh, a study. I will attach the study in the show notes today. If you go over to WDMA.org and subscribe, you can have access every day to the show notes. Subscription is free. Okay. To prove the concept, Canada Post did another study, and they found that 75% on a recall study were able to recall the brand from print, but only 44% were able to recall digital ads. Print ads are much less taxing on the brain, and this is why this is this is a great this is a great article because not only does it tell you the the cool stuff about your brain, but it also uh, includes footnotes to these studies. And if you if you have this tool that I have, you can actually go like this. Oops, go like this, and it will ask you if you want to open it, which I don't. But I will put all of these studies which are referenced in this article. It's a great article. You wouldn't need to get your hands on it if you're a printer. Uh, great article, and it just came out yesterday or the day before. Get your hands on the article. Get your hands on the studies. Read them, and you'll have some ammunition when people say, oh, yeah, we tried that. It's not the way it works. Print also ha collects, connects emotionally. MRI studies. They, they study people's brains, and they watch what happens with digital, and they watch what happens with print. What do you know? That sounds pretty cool. Uh, print creates action. Research at Canada Post researched the motivation to cognitive load ratio. This is real science. 
not like Facebook. Okay, eye tracking barometrics found that direct mail had a motivation to cognitive load of 1.31, while digital media just 0.087. That's almost 75% better. I did that math in my head. Could be completely wrong, but it's something around there, right? Because 1.3 is about 75% of 16, 1.6, but this is actually closer to 1.9. So it's more like maybe two-thirds, uh, 60% better. <clears throat> Go and <laughs> If you can't follow that math, don't be surprised because I'm doing it in my head. Okay, Go Inspire is a study on shopping cart abandonment or not abandonment. And, uh, you know, the issue I have with it is like one really good case study in here. It says that physical mail was was the push consumers needed to return to their carts. Conversion rates from mail pieces were 113% of the email conversion ratio. Okay, but and they said that they sent three emails. But what does an email cost? You know, a nickel? On a, uh, you know, they might be more on a uh, snazzy shopping cart abandonment, you know, company. Maybe it costs you more. But let's just say a nickel. So that's 15 cents. What does a, what does a follow-up direct mail piece cost? You know, maybe 75 cents if it's a postcard. Okay, so that's, you know, that's five times more, right? Quick math. Five times more expensive, only two times more effective. What's the ROI on that? I'd like to know. But, you know, we have to go find the Go Inspire thing. I'm not saying there isn't ROI. And there's incremental. And yesterday, John made the point that some mailers, some companies, big companies, they have a lot of ad budget and they say, well, we want to mail everybody. We want to mail as much as possible so that we can maximize our our total response. And there's a rationality to that that you may that may be lost on, you know, on us little direct marketers that are always worrying about maximizing our return on investment. Big companies aren't that aren't like that. They know that there's also brand recognition from mail, that it works as well or better than a mass media ad. So why not mail out all of them? You know that they're more interested than the average consumer, period, right? There may be other beneficial effects. So don't tell your clients, oh, you don't have to mail all those. I had a client that was a business-to-business mailer, and they just mailed all the business addresses, all the addresses in like SIC 3500. That's like all manufacturers in America. They they said, John, people don't rent our list like we rent lists. I said, well, how do people rent your list? They said, well, they only want our most recent buyers. I said, okay, that's right. That's mostly how people rent lists. They said, I said, how do you rent lists? They said, well, we just take all of SIC 3500. <laughs> I said, and you make money? Oh, yeah, they made a lot of money. Their catalog. I said that their catalog looked like they used color as a club just to prove that they, you know, like beating people over the head to prove that they had color. I mean, it was one of the ugliest. I think I, I wrote to the owner and I said it's the ugliest catalog I've ever seen. And uh, then I found out that he was getting something like fifteen dollars a book sales per book, even on prospect mailings, and profit of like five dollars a book. That's at least. You know, that's, I don't know, a couple hundred percent return on investment. And I said, forget everything I said, you know, forget it. You're doing better than Land's End or L.L. Bean. You know, mail, mail more. 
And but anyway, we did actually raise we we raised their revenue per piece any, anyway because there were some there were some things we could help with. Um, but the best part was we they asked me on their order form it said we guarantee shipment in 32 working hours. I said, 32 working hours. That's like at eight hours a day. That's like four days. <laughs> so if you order on a Monday afternoon, you guarantee it's going to ship by Friday. Yeah. I said, what are you doing? <laughs> why Why does it take you so long? <laughs> Most of their items were very small, you know. And I went out in the warehouse, and the items were indexed, were arranged by uh, part number. And they assigned the part numbers randomly through time, you know. So the next item, new item they're going to sell gets a new part number, and it gets put in the back. <laughs> and so they had these big machines and stuff sitting right at the doors of the warehouse. I said, how many of those do you sell a year? Oh, one or two. You know, pretty good seller. <laughs> I said, have you ever heard of velocity shipment? No. I said, you put gravity feed bins on your on your 20% of your t- your top selling items. You take a look at the number of, of units you sell, not the dollars. You can do it by profit, too, if you want. But anyway, the units, <clears throat> and you, you know, Take out a couple shelves and just make a row of all these items so that you can fill the boxes with those. See how many of the boxes you can fill. Well, the operations guy calls me, you know, and then they told me, they admitted, they never go to conferences or anything. They just made it up as they go along. And uh, he calls me up and about a week later, he says, you know, we're doing 95% same day now. (laughs) You know, sell good products, good prices at and, and get it there on time. That's the key to, to, to business as I see it. So this is a great article. You ought to get it. Have a great day. I'm still under 10, 20 minutes. You can do, watch it at double speed. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Have a great day. Bye-bye.